everyone and welcome to a Four Blades in the Pub, slight different Four Blades in the Pub this week. Uh, we might call it Four Blades Pod, for, for want of a better phrase. So uh, first of all, I'll just welcome Phil. Good evening. Dan. Good evening everyone. Unfortunately, John can't join us tonight. He's, he's down in London. So we have special guest from Blades Pod, Ben. Evening all, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, so to kick things off, we've not, <laughs> I think let's let's take it back a couple of weeks, and we podded after the Birmingham game. Uh, ben, I think you listened to it. Um, probably astounded by our uh, optimism that was shining through despite the uh, performance and result against Birmingham. So maybe that's a good place for us to kick off, really, and just say the three of us who were there and were, <laughs> were blazing with our optimism and the fact that we could turn this around. How we're we feeling now, Phil. Well, I think I said we'd still win it, and uh, my mind's absolutely not. No, that's a load of crap. I've no <laughs> chance of winning it now, have we? Let's be honest, I think West Brom and Fulham are well over the hill and away from us. Um, I don't know, a lot can change very quickly as well. We're, what, four or five games in? Yes, it's not been good. We don't look like we're a team looking like getting promoted this year, but by Christmas we could be in the mix for, for playoffs and I don't see any reason why we can't get there or thereabouts come the end of the season still, especially with the additions we've made and what we could do in January. It's still early days, just needs to change. We just, I'm not quite sure what it is. I mean, obviously we've, we're going to talk about transfers later on. The side just looks in need of a refresh. Kind of put tactics to one side, put, put actual the ability of players to one side. They just look a side that are in need of either new blood or new impetus or just, just something. They look flat and I'm guessing that's on the back of 18 months of being beaten pretty much week in, week out. It just It's funny, we've talked about that and there's got to be a part of that. There's got to be a mentality side of it. But Heckingbottom got a bit of a tune out of them towards the back end of last season and it appeared to reverse a bit of that rot. Was that that we were down and that was it? Or Yeah, I think possibly playing with a bit of freedom because you're down and, and the results don't matter. But if a team if a team winning promotion can carry momentum into the following season, that can kick them up. Conversely, mm. a team that gets beaten week in, week out, you have to take that, what's the opposite of momentum? Inertia mm. into, the, into the following season. And I think Brilliant. that's what's happening with us. Yeah. <laughs> ben, what's your thoughts? Well, I think I've uh, lowered my ambitions for this, this season quite significantly in the last six weeks, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm kind of shocked how bad we've been. I mean, we're not unlucky to only have two points from five games, I don't think. No. If anything, we're probably a little bit fortunate to have that many. The, I'm, I'm really stunned how uncreative we've been. I, I was quite sort of firmly in the camp of when we go down a division, a lot of these players will find it a lot easier to, you know, cross the ball to an unmarked player, to find that space, to dribble past someone, to find someone in the box. We've created nothing in five games. I mean, most of these games, the opposition goal is like not even had to dive, basically. Yeah. One goal in five games. That's almost impossible. And it's not like we're missing chances. That's, I think that's the thing that really has damaged my optimism, I think. If, we, you know, if we'd lost to Huddersfield, but we'd like absolutely peppered them and they keep it on a blind and hit the post and all this, and you know, Brewster would miss three sitters, and they're like, well, it's going to stick that away eventually or someone else will play there and put them away. But we haven't. We've barely had a shot. And uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sort of in a, a place of like, I need to see this turnaround with my own eyes before I'll believe it'll happen, I guess, because it's just such a long period now of playing like crap, basically. I, I missed 
the last two games, league games, Huddersfield at home and Luton away. And I think the thing that surprised me was, and it's, it's the danger of looking at things just on your your phone or on the Sky Sports app. You know, you're looking at possession, you're looking at the chances that we've had. You know, even shots, not just shots on the target, but shots, and you think, well, we must be doing something right. And then I speak to you guys who are at Huddersfield game. I hear from friends who are down at Luton. I was reading the BBC text commentary at one point, and they were saying, you know, Luton would have, could have taken a deserved lead. And I'm like, well, doesn't tally with one view, you see, of, of numbers alone. But it comes back to your point that we just, there's just nothing there. There's we nothing look, to hang our hat on, is there? We look very easy to play against. Mm. Yeah. That's the worry. Average championship t- teams are nullifying us and causing us problems. Which is what Huddersfield did. You know, yeah. people came away saying we were a lot better against Huddersfield. But you look at that, actually, you, you kind of look a bit deeper. Huddersfield just sat deep and just let us go square, 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 knowing that we didn't have players who could hurt them and eventually we would run out of ideas and they could just take the ball off us and break on us. Yeah. They, had, they had no no need to come out and, and challenge us because they just went, you can't hurt us. You've got no one that can run in behind. You've got no one that can do anything different with the ball. You've got no one that's going to lash one in from 30 yards. So we'll just sit here nice and comfy. You have as much of the ball as you want and we'll try and nick one from a set piece or as they did nick one on the break. A question we've asked a few times over the, over the times we've been doing this pod about um, a team's personality. What are we now? What, what would, how would you describe us as a side? And a soft touch would be an easy description. We're a, we're a team that's married to a system and too, too wedded to a system and that can't do anything outside that system. We've almost become like when you're not know, Arsenal towards the end of the Wenger era, where you always, Arsenal, even if they're 1 0 down last minute, they would never lump it in the box. It mm. would be pass, 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 and they'd get something. And eventually they, they stopped being able to do that because the standard of player dropped. But they didn't have a plan B, they didn't have a an Alan Smith or something they could just stick in the box and lump it into it. and that's what we do we've got players who can only play one way and when that system doesn't work which it hasn't for coming up for two years now we've got no one that can do anything outside that that's where we are now we're, 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 we're just we're one dimensional mm, one dimensional I think Quite perfect I'm going to say a question for each of you then because and again you've seen at least a match more than me more if you've watched the streams but obviously a lot of people have talked about well, we should just be dropping no wood, burger, like any one of the one, two, all three, and putting the kids in. Now, to me, that seems too early to start throwing the kids in. The bit I saw them in the Carlisle Cup game, yeah, some of them had reasonably good, steady games, albeit against what was partly Carlisle's reserve teams. Mm. They made nearly as many changes. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. So, it's, I, to me, it feels too early to just start throwing kids into it just for the sake of trying to freshen it up and change it because they're not going to... To me, they might be good for a short hit, but they're not the answer longer term. And we'll come on to talk about transfers in a minute, but do you agree with that, or do you think it would have been worth just trying to change something? I'm, I'm very surprised Zach Brunt's not been on the bench for the league game so far, because he is a player that can create something. He's got a spark. Ironically, when he's played, and he's played in the Cups, he's played as a defensive midfielder, and he isn't. He's a 10. That's his position. That's where he's played for the for the youth teams. That's what he sees himself as. So it's a little surprising he's not made an impact so far. But the one that they're talking about could is Ndai, isn't it? Yeah. That's got the potential. We're, we're just lacking creativity. And if a young gun's got that creativity in the locker, why not try him? They're fearless at that age. They're not beaten down by 
18 months of defeat yeah. and being married to a system that they they only know how to play. I what think. is in day? What is what I mean? As in, he's a turner winger, a forward. He, he's he's uh, I think he's like a wide forward. Is okay. what the classic has, well, okay. which is what we're playing with. What, yeah, what we need. Yeah, yeah. Or, or trying to, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know with the younger players. I suppose at the end of this season, you ideally want some of those to be taking that next step up, don't you? Jefferson's obviously gone out on loan to Burton for the season, but yeah, like like and die, like Brunt, the ones that are still here and haven't gone out on loan, you definitely want them by the end of the season. I think to have an idea of whether they are going to be, you know, fit for Championship football, I suppose, as in uh, fit quality wise. I don't know though. I think that's. I think it's too soon when you've got a new manager who's trying to find out what he's got from senior players at the moment, and also trying to find a, a system that actually works for them. Uh, even though it looks like we're just going to go back to wild the ball, basically, <laughs> and, and hope that we can fix it back to something like it was a couple of years ago. I think Ndani's the interesting one there for me mm. because obviously was it the Leicester game? I think where he came off. Came on as yeah, sort of on the bench, disappeared, and then disappeared because of some sort of contract issue or issue we had with the club behind the scenes would suggest now that that's resolved I don't think I'm seeing it I'm not sure it's resolved I think it's possibly a little bit more harmonious than it was yeah it's got to be moving in the right direction I think I mean he played for the uh, I know he played for the in the cup as well he played in was it the cup he came on in the cup and he travelled to Luton but didn't make the bench and they scored twice with 23 we'd not played for since March I don't think um, for under 23 yeah. so obviously it's moving in the right direction a bit with that and maybe he if he hadn't had that issue or whatever it was behind the scenes at the end of our season maybe he might have been someone who might yeah, have could had have been there there about. Now. funnily enough Brunt wasn't on the under 23's team sheet yesterday wasn't even in the squad yeah. interesting I've no idea why but I mean I don't know where the report came from last week but there was something that last week or this week that said in, in Danny's regarded as the best Better to come than out Brooks. He's going to be better than Maguire, better than Walker, and significantly better than Brooks. I mean, that's a that's a fairly high bar. Is he the one that we picked up from that? Or, um, or rising, or rising ballers. ballers. Rising ballers. Rising ballers. Yeah. I think there, there were a couple of them, I think, but he's the one that's uh, made the biggest step. So How old is he? 21, 22, I guess. So he's not, like Jebison's a kid. So mm. Jebison's 17, just turned 18, so he's literally at the start. But you look at, I mean, there's some 22-year-olds out there that I've got 150 yeah. football league games under yeah, that. Yeah. He's, not, well, he's, look, not a, he's not a kid. Look, we're going to talk about him in a bit, but um, the guy we signed from Wolves on loan, he's played 100 games for Wolves. He's yeah. only 21. Yeah. How many, at 22, how many games did Harry Maguire, uh, uh, Harry Maguire play for United? Must be getting on for 150. 150 yeah, games, yeah. Slightly, some of them at third division level, or most of them at third division level, but he's got... He had 150 games in men's football under his belt. Yeah, yeah. So there's they a, need to take that step at some point. Whether yeah. they go somewhere else and find it on loan or permanent, it can't, like you say, Ben, by the end of this season, we need to know whether some of these prospects are going to be just prospects or they're going to actually make that grade at some point. That, yeah. that needs to happen sooner rather than later. And arguably, some of the movements we've made now, understandably in the window, and we'll talk about that shortly, but that, in a way, blocks some of that potential. Maybe, yeah. 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 Which, is, which is the risk again is you know we missed the boat to get one or two of these at least out until January getting some experience more experience under the belt a la Jebison um, but I guess time time will tell on that yeah I, personally I don't I don't think there's anyone in the under 23s that's going to transform this season I hope I'm wrong I hope Ndai is you know is like David Brooks basically and he yeah. he becomes a massive creative spark but I just think that's a real 
a lot to ask at this level when, as you say, most of them haven't even got any senior football behind them yet. So, yeah, I hope I'm wrong on that one, but um, I, I, I think the, uh, the big boys need to do the business, to be honest, and turn this round. It's up a fair out. shout. The first team needs to fix what they've broken, don't they? Yeah, a little bit. It's asking a lot, like you said, to, to throw two, three, four young'uns into a, a yeah. team struggling and absolutely bereft of, of any sort of confidence and expect them to be the ones to spark it off. Like you say, it should be the senior pros that are kind of leading by example yeah. and then the young'uns come in to, to supplement things and... I think particularly with where we are, I think if we were like a, like a Derby or a Reading, for example, where you're trying to you're trying to stay up, and I say this acknowledging we're 23rd in the Championship right now, <laughs> we've scored one goal in five games. But if your ambition for the season is to stay up, then maybe that's a good point to be like, look, we think these, this batch of youngsters are some of the best players at our club. They're not scarred by anything. Get them in the team. Whereas even with our bad start, we've got to still hope to challenge for the playoffs. I mean, you know, as you said, Phil, if we win a, you know, we win a few games, we'll be up in the top half quite quickly. And then, you know, if you're thereabouts in January, you can roll the dice again. So, yeah, I think I think just where we're at this season is probably not the right time to chuck them in just yet. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I think, like you say, a couple of wins makes a big difference. Yeah. I was up at Howland last night. They would lost the first two or three league games. They won the last three. 7-0, 9-2 and 4-0 last night. I'm not saying we can do that. <laughs> that's a lot of goals. But it's, uh, it's quickly at this stage of the season, two or three wins just reverses that start, doesn't it? Not to go all Nigel Adkins, but in the Premier League, if you lose a game, taking international breaks out of it, you might not have another game for 10 days. Mm. Premier Championship, you lose a game, it's Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, we've got... We've got Peterborough next next Saturday, then Preston on the Tuesday, Tuesday, and then yeah. um, I can't a whole after that. So you, you know you've got three games in in kind of seven week, days, yeah. seven points out of them. Yeah. Suddenly it, it makes a massive difference. And I, th I think what's really interesting is we're all clearly clearly quite down on it. It's not so much the fact that we've got two points after five games. It's how it's lacking ideas yeah. and how easy we seem to have been to play against, and the fact we've had one shot in or one goal in five games. It, it's it's all of it put together that make, makes it as as unrealistic to think we're going to start winning games all of a sudden seven nil nine two and four nil. But I don't know. So we start we started talking about our predictions last time we were all together. Is it? Should we have, should we have one now just for a bit of fun? Revised predictions yeah, already. Revised predictions. <laughs> known known in fantasy football league as uh, doing a Ridley normally. Yeah, isn't doing it? a Philip <laughs> playing your wild card two games in. <laughs> so where where do you reckon, Dan? I, I mean, I said initially, and I said when I did the, um, the stuff for pitch footy, minimum playoffs, top two. So I'll just, I'll just take that back one and say playoffs. I still think we'll be there or thereabouts. I'm still, yeah, I'm still confident that we'll get, we'll get playoffs. That's fair enough. Go on in. Fucking with my glass half empty. <laughs> <laughs> it's about three quarters full, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um... I, for when Saturday comes, put us in second, but thought it could be anywhere top six, but optimistic me, thought second with the players we've got. I'm struggling, I am struggling to see where the spark comes from. We'll come on to the signings, something may come there, but it's pinning a lot on two or three players to make that difference and for the others to lift themselves and pick their chins off the floor, which is where they seem to have them at the minute. I'd be delighted with playoffs. Absolutely delighted with playoffs right now. My, my worry is, 
that we could be one of those clubs at the minute that has a the fantastic platform of two years of Premier League money, parachute money, and just get ourselves in a rut. And I, I didn't honestly believe we'd be that kind of club. Mm, no, me neither. But I'd sit up, I'd have flick Netflix Sunderland documentary by Because <laughs> I, I start to see some parallels. So where do you think we'll finish? <laughs> I to be honest, I don't, I don't know. And it worries me because I, I could be anywhere between, at the minute, I think we could be you know, skid mark away from relegation or, you know, <laughs> skid mark away from a Wembley defeat again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The difference between us and that Sunderland Till I Die documentary is the chairman was just throwing money at players left, right, and centre. The manager's saying he's not worth it. The chairman's saying another two fifty. Should we give him another two fifty? The manager's going no. Another five hundred? No. Another million? No. Now yeah, we've got we've got a chairman who went forty five grand for forty pound and five grand a week for Callum Wilson. That's all right. <laughs> Pass that one up. Not for me, Clive. <laughs> Do are, are we going to have a, a secondary conversation about um, kind of what you just mentioned there, Ian, about uh, wasting legacy and? What I the guess. last? I think we yeah. should do, yeah. I think we should do. I think we should come on to that in a yeah. little while. Okay. Um, so I, I predicted fourth for United, just in terms of. I didn't. I, I thought Fulham and West Brom um, would be too strong, and that looks quite a good shout at the moment. Fourth for United doesn't look quite so good at the moment, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I think taking in. So I made that prediction before the season started, obviously, and it was based on the assumption that we would do a lot of business in the transfer market. I can't honestly say that my expectations there have been totally met. So I probably have us missing the playoffs now, like eighth or ninth or something like that. And I hate to say, but I'm almost be happy with that from here. That's how bad it's been. So yeah, it's, uh, as I say, my ambitions for this season, just uh, dialing them down a tiny bit. Fair enough. Phil? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm usually quite optimistic. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't see, I can't see us not turning this round to some degree, relatively quickly. Despite everything we've said about how how low we look and how confidence looks shot, I think we'll pick a win up and I think we'll start climbing the league. I, I'm, I, I was quite bullish about us finishing top last time we spoke. I clearly, don't think we're going to do that, but I think we'll get somewhere near, if not in the playoffs. I'll, I'll go with sixth. I think we'll finish sixth. Well, it's nice to see a couple of you are more optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> you two go sit in the corner. Me and Ben are, are just going to sit and weep in the corner and just, uh, just so, worry and whittle. So when you, you're moving away from predicting to finish top, is that based as much on how bad we've been or more on how good like Fulham and West Brom have It's looked? more about how Fulham and West Brom have started, yeah. to be honest. I think West Brom will absolutely run away with it. You mm-hmm. think? Yeah, I do, yeah. I Even playing that... Alehouse, as I think Andrew described it as Alehouse football. Yeah, they play a very, very good brand of Alehouse football. I think they'll score a lot of goals from them throw-ins from Furlong. The, the, the way they press is like nobody I've seen at this level. They're better than Leeds at it. Mm. Um, I'm not saying that'll work in the Premier League, by the way, but I think they'll win this league at a canter. I really do. Fulham look good value. Bournemouth have spent a lot of money and they're clearly going for it as well. Mm. Uh, I just I don't think we'll get near them three teams. Yeah. Uh, it's as much about us, them as it is us, yeah. in terms of your question. Yeah, no, that, I think that's the way you've laid that out is kind of, I guess, crystallised the way I was thinking about it, I suppose, without realising. Yeah, it's just, 
it just it feels like we're miles off those teams at the moment. Yeah. And I didn't expect us to be, to be honest. I, I, I definitely foresaw Fulham and West Brom being better than us quickly, but not to this degree. I mean, it's, no. it's shocking, isn't it? I mean, as well, in, like, it's a genuinely sort of like, oh my God, how is that possible that they look so What, what West Brom have done is if they, I, I can't remember whether you said this, Dan, or someone else I was talking to, is they've taken the football they were playing last season under Sam Allardyce and just got better at it. And, <laughs> and we've done it the opposite way. We've, we were playing a bad brand of football and we've tried changing it and we're surprisingly bad at that as well. <laughs> it, it's, it's no surprise really when you look at it in, that, in them sort of terms, is it? Yeah, for sure. So I think that's a, a reasonably... Well, Hopefully I've picked it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you've, yeah. Turned so you've, you've turned it around there. Yeah, yeah. the top half, I'm saying, from 23rd. That's a good comeback. <laughs> if, if we average all our predictions out, <laughs> we might not go down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably be sixth. Yeah. So I'll take that. We'll take that. And we'll come back after a short break and we'll talk the transfer window and the incomings and outcomes. trainers John? What these? No mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being clean. Look really good, don't they? Yeah, really? Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new mate, they look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable too. I've done at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. But fellas are blade too. Oh, nice one. That saves buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs I need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save, save me someone who's got a bit of trader for headship. An absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. They're on Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks. Or they have a website www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them around yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel, and smell like new, and it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look out for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their Insta again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Right, so welcome back. Welcome to part two. Uh, I don't know about everybody else, but I was uh, refreshing Twitter in constantly up until about 25 past 11 last night till I realised it clearly wasn't going to be anybody else coming through the door as the window closed shut half an hour earlier. So let's have a chat about how the window went in general, not just yesterday, but from, from since Jukanovic has taken over and what's happened since, ins and outs, and, and how we think we look. So... Talk about players in first. Are we are we surprised with the amount? Did we think it'd be more? Did we think it'd be less? What do you reckon, Dan? Well, I, I was the opposite. I made a conscious decision last night to put my phone on the bedside table at half past seven and go downstairs and just not watch Sky, not do anything. Then come upstairs and hopefully... To a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, kind of like your Christmas yeah, kind of like reverse kid at Christmas. So you come downstairs and you go, it's me, it's me. And I kind of thought, I'll come upstairs last night and we'll, we'll assign this kid from France and this kid from Barcelona and, and we didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, the players we brought in, for the most part, strengthen us. You could say that Olsen is a bit of a break-even signing because at the beginning of the season we had Ramsdale. Ramsdale goes, 
Olsen comes in, it's like, you know, you take your dog for a walk and you take your car keys out and a tenner flies out of your pocket. Two days later, you find a tenner in woods. You're no better <laughs> off, you've just, you've kind of broken even over three days. Great so that's, that's how I say Olsen. Um, Davies makes it strong at the back. Hurahan strengthens in midfield and Gibbs White gives us something we probably haven't got or that we've not, you know. So, yes, we are stronger, but we still, it still doesn't give us any way of playing any different, still doesn't give us options to change the system, change the style. Um, so, yeah, the good solid signings. Um, in isolation, the good solid signings. Bigger picture, which I think we're going to talk about later on, they're all very short term for me. That's kind of how I'd, how I'd sum it up in general. I mean, the very fact that they're all loans, and I think only potentially Olsen's. We have right. We have. We have. Yeah, we have uh, a kind of agreement Options to buy Olsen, don't we? Hurahan is out of contract in the season, so yeah. we have the option to purchase him. But we're buying a 32-year-old midfielder. Again, it's not really looking. We're not looking very far down the road, are we? No, no, not at all. I'll be honest with you, the thing that surprises me most about you leaving your phone on the bedside table yesterday is when you heard about Ollie Burke might have been going. I thought well, that been would have been fresh. different. I mean, that, would, that would have been like, you know, like three all days, your Christmas. That days. would have been like three days before coming downstairs and seeing a Millennium Falcon in your mum's shopping bag <laughs> and thinking, here we go, I've got something to look forward to in three <laughs> so days. So comes up to bed thinking, hey, oh, what's going into yeah. that tonight? Whoa, Dan's excited. Calm down. I love it. Ben, how did you see uh, the transfer window playing out, and how did you see yesterday going? So I think yesterday went better than I was expecting because I'd sort of talked myself into a position of we're actually not going to sign anyone apart from Ben Davies. And we're actually going to go with uh, Verips and Fodringham as our, our number one goalkeeper, which filled me with dread. I mean, I think if we're not signing anyone yesterday, I would be extremely concerned about the rest of the season. Like, yeah. genuinely, like, let's just not get relegated for the rest of the season because there was a lot of problems there. No guarantee the players we have signed will solve those problems, but I think we're in a better place than if we've not brought them in. I mean, the, the thing with, I will say with Olsen, the goalkeeper, I think in a, in a sort of vacuum, I think that's really good business buyers. I know he's not our player yet, and obviously we'd have to pay some more money, but, you know, we got a good fee for Ramsdale, and I think Olsen's going to be like, Probably as good as Ramsdale is right now. Ramsdale thought so. And it's a, fans really rated him. And it's yeah. a dry loan, which is a term I've not heard until yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, which apparently means no fee up from. We've not paid anything from. I think obviously we're, I think we're picking up a percentage of his wages. Yeah. And then obviously we've got a, 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 an agreement in place to buy him, but it's not. But I, I mean that. The, so the goalkeeper situation has worked out a lot better than I think I could have realistically hoped. I thought we were going to end up with, you know, just a. Well, I thought for a while we ended up with those two idiots, for want of a better word, <laughs> alternating in goal. Alec, we linked with Alex Smithies, Smithies and, like and um, QPR just... keeper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Pen. Well, yeah, there's that. Pen. So I think that's gone really well. I, I, my, my ultimate optimistic thing is where were we incredibly, like almost laughably weak? It was left centre back for the whole of last season. Yeah. Goalkeeper once Ramsdale had gone, like probably barely League One standard. And midfield has just been kind of a joke for almost a year now and we have addressed that so those three sort of massive holes in our lineup and ability have been addressed 
But yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Dan. It's, that for me is the thing that brings it down a bit is, are we just going to be stuck to this broken system and are these players going to help us get better? I mean, from what I understand with Gibbs White, he is more of a attacking number 10 type yep. player. We, yeah, I think every United fan must say this every few weeks, we've never replaced Duffy. Because it's so true. Is that, is that the beginning of the end of at Goldring then? Or already? Or is those two with another striker or... McGoldrick plays further up but yeah I, I, I can't remember a time when McGoldrick's played like started as a number 10 and it's gone well it, it never seems to no. so we finally have an option there for the first time in I don't know since Ricky Holmes maybe like <laughs> <laughs> he's only just left then he? yeah I think so so I'm I think we've signed good players it was nobody that made me really excited I think those two wingers I Full disclosure, I've never heard of them before the last couple no. of days. But the idea that we were signing a couple of wingers excited me because we have none at the club. We haven't had any for ages. Jukanovic, by all accounts, likes to play a sort of 4-3-3 or, or, with, um, or with wide midfielders or wide forwards. And I don't think we have that at the club unless you count Oli Burke as a winger. Which... Better count as a footballer, I'll be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Yeah, after everything you say, I, I, I agree with. I think, um, sorry, and I don't want to steal too much thunder, but it's just reminding me something that I, I read on Twitter, I think it was yesterday. But no, it must have been this morning. If Chris Wilder was still our manager and they were the players, the transfer window we just had is what we, we just had, you'd go, that's a really good transfer window. We've, we've lost a goalkeeper, replaced him, mm. and improved where we needed to improve. It's the other side of it, isn't it? It's the fact that those players can't change the way that that we want to play. That's the the frustration and the concern, I think. Let me let me just throw this out. Actually, just building off that, I think if we'd had this, if we'd signed these players last summer, I would be happier than I am right now. Yeah, as, as you that. said, yeah, there's the wilder system. There's your new midfielders we've been crying out for. Goalkeeper, you know, that's a that's a. I think going from. Uh, you know, replacing Dean Henderson with um, with Olsen, I think we'd see that as like that's a yeah. good move. Yeah, we, we, no, haven't, no, we haven't spent any money. No. Yeah, Absolutely. we haven't eaten into our, our budget for that one. Uh, yeah, Davies. I mean, we, we literally we're trying to sign him last year. You know, yeah. there's. I mean, he, that might have really helped us last season if we'd had Davies. But yeah, so I'm I'm happy that they're they're good players, and I think they will definitely have an impact and make us better. But I don't know if they transform us from a sort of semi-decent version of a Chris Wilder team into a potentially very good Jukanovic team which is what I kind of wanted to see yeah Ian um, it, it, it's the opposite of never mind the quality feel the width isn't it <laughs> it's like yeah no the quality but never mind the width it it, it bothers it, I think the good players I think depends I worry that we do we get Hurahan on the cusp of doing a John Fleck or an yep. Ollie Norwood. Yeah. Um, but clearly a very good player. Um, and actually what, what amused me was we linked with him in January or we'd talk about him in January. And people yeah. went, no, no, he's not good enough. Now I know we're a division lower, but I wish I could find those tweets now. Because it was just like people were quite dismissive of him and now he's seen as this because he's an alternative to Norwood. It's great. Um, but it bothers me that we aren't giving the manager the tools to do what he needs to do with his club. Now you can argue that it, 
it needs a, a more radical reshaping of the squad than you can do on transfer window. Maybe mm. this is the start of Jim Phipps's three transfer window transformation. Um, well, I think it's been mute today, the amount of players that are out of contracts at the end of this coming season. Something like 14 players. It's a big job. It's, it's, depending on what business we do in January, if we suddenly bring in five or six different players, younger players in January, that puts a different slant in it. But if we either don't bring anyone in or we go down the same route, short term players, you know, there's still a chance we can sign Gediora, is it? Yeah, but yeah. that can only be short term anyway. Again, it's, it's 35, but that's what I mean, it's short term. Other than that, it's, it's a big rebuild job at the end of the season. I think, I think, I think the thing with our 14 players, though, that really bothers me when you see who they are and the names. Outside of the four loans that expired, obviously there's options to buy with at least two of those. But you look at the other players, Moose wouldn't miss. No. Uh, Baldock, okay, yeah, would still. Is, is Baldock out of contract at the end of the season? Yeah, I want to lose it for nothing. Wouldn't surprise me if we tried to cash in on him in January. Yeah. Exactly. Basham. We always want to say for three seasons. Basham's time will come to an end. I think he's going. He'll get an extension. I think. You think? Yeah, I reckon he'll get him. McGoldrick. I think. I, I like him. I love David McGoldrick. I get arguments with people on Twitter about David McGoldrick and his ability to influence. Sometimes he's the only spark we've got. All right, he might run down blind alleys, but at least he's trying to do something. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's David McGoldrick, Osborne, squad player for me. Robinson, not good enough. Freeman, no manager seems to want to play yeah, consistently. Yeah. And Die, we talked about him earlier. Slater, seemingly tried went, to get rid of him. Tried yeah, to get rid of him already. He was all set to go for all Rotherham, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And Sharp, who, if you told me three years ago that Billy Sharp would be had scored goals through the Premier League and was our, you know, the biggest goal threat well, our best in the Championship. He's probably, if I had to order them in players I want to see get a new contract, he'd probably be at the top. Sharp and Batch are probably yeah. top two. Yeah. Do you know what? Billy Sharp's probably looked our most dangerous player. So Without a season. shadow and, of a... Take away from the yeah. fact he scored a goal. Yeah. He looks yeah. fit, he looks well, he looks really lean, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the worrying thing with this... Is, excuse me. <laughs> just, just bottled some of this. <laughs> um, the worrying thing for me in this is, is the players who don't expire till 23 and 24. Mm. In the in the twenty three list, Fleck, uh, Norwood, Burke, Verips, Wes, and then twenty four, Max Lowe. Wow. <laughs> I mean, so the, these are players that we're probably either in January or the end of the season going to actively look to move on. Yeah. So I think we can, unless something happens a miraculous turnaround in form, uh, Fleck, Norwood, their time at United is coming to an end. They shouldn't diminish their legacy, but the time's coming to an end. But they're still going to have between 12 and 18 months left on a deal. So even if we do move, look to actively move them on, there's every chance we're going to be picking up a percentage of their wages for a period beyond that. You know, if they're, yeah. you know, I mean, like I said, no, like you said, Ben Norwood signed a, a deal last season. Mm, it was awesome, yeah. You can imagine he's going to be on 30 grand a week. Yeah. That doesn't make him particularly attractive at 30, 31 years old to a championship club. So they might say, yeah, we'll take him. But we can only pay him ten. Yeah. So then he says to us, "Well, fine. I either sit here or you pick up the you remaining up the fifteen, twenty, and I'm still up." So, you know, there's going to be some some odds trading to be done. Unfortunately, I think I think my worry with it is every club, a club that's had two seasons of Premier League, should have a legacy to build on. Yeah. And should have a legacy of, of what we've built over the last few years. We haven't don't appear to be leveraging that either financially 
although we are leveraging it financially, given we seem to be borrowing the next two years of parachute payments in advance to fund the running of the club. Um, but we're not we're not leveraging the platform that we've got as a club, and in, in, I know our infrastructure is great. We're still have, advanced. We should have a platform, and the players that we've yeah. got, we've retained Sander Berger, we've retained Oli McBurney, we paid twenty million for. We've got yeah. Rian Brewster, we paid twenty four million for. That should be a platform to get us somewhere near getting back still up. Still got Egan. Yeah. It should. But I just. We. Sorry, nearly keep the drinks over in frustration. <laughs> rage. I, it just, it feels like we haven't got a plan mm. yeah. to take this forward. We haven't got a long-term plan. We've appointed a manager who is a fundamental shift in the way we play, who is a fundamental shift when we've, and I'm not criticising the appointment of Katovic, because I think he was the best bet out there. However, we've got all the academy teams playing in the same way, so they're all playing that same system that we've, we've played under Wilder. We've now got to shift that. So we've got promising players coming through who are going to have to adapt themselves. And again, talking earlier about the time they need. You're talking about then affecting a, a manager, bringing him in, when was it first? Was it first of July? First of June. Yeah, first July, of June. Yeah. Uh, um, but then not giving him the tools to affect some of the change he needs to make and creating this expectation that we've got a great manager with a great record. Mm. Oh yeah, you've got this great squad who actually seem to be mentally shot, and you must have assumed that you must have identified that pretty quickly. You'd assume. You know, so I, I want. I do wonder how how much our disruptive pre-season played into that. Like we only played two friendlies, and one was against Donny. We're beating Donny for no one or out to the ball. Well, no, because I mean, I think Doncaster started like three trials. Yeah, didn't yeah, they? yeah. You know, the Gibraltar side. I mean probably a similar level of competition to be honest so the the thing that really bothers me from a legacy and planning point of view is I mean I think most realistic United fans knew we were down from November last year I mean yeah, yeah. when we lost that game to West Brom away I, I think I said on the, on the podcast I was like that's it right like we, we can't we're not going to get out of this we're going to have to play like a Champions League team yeah. to get out of the hole we've dug for ourselves so even if we turn it round and become as good as we were the previous season we've probably left ourselves too much to do so even being like slightly more conservative we're certainly known from January we're down freaking yeah. game till <laughs> the end of January something like yeah. that like it's just not going to happen but so to go all that time and we consciously and I think publicly didn't sign anyone in January because of that we didn't want to yeah. throw uh, uh, good money off the bat is that the phrase? Yeah. 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 yeah we didn't want to spend more money on what was probably going to be a futile chase but then to spend the whole summer not bringing in new players I, it seemed I really baffling. strange that yeah I'm but, really confused by that but when Wilder first took over uh, okay he had an equally bad start maybe not equally but not far off as bad a start but he, he straight from the get-go signed players. We had loads of players. Yeah. We, I think we Duffy, had... Fleck, O'Connell, yep. Chris Fussey, Jake Wilson. Wright. They all came in within a couple of weeks. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they formed the spine of what became a great team. That's right. Whereas we sort of written off the first five games of the season. Like, it's it's yeah. so frustrating. That, and, you know, obviously the disruptive preseason and, you know, a once-in-a-century pandemic hasn't helped matters there, but... It's the same for a lot of other clubs as well. They've had to deal with similar kind of circumstances. And yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm really uh, frustrated by what's happened in the last six weeks, or rather what's not happened. And that's why I'm slightly happy about yesterday, because I, 
I honestly thought we were just it was just like well no we're just going to wait for this team to get better and hope it gets better yeah. without new players fingers crossed it does well I think the new players will definitely help um, yeah I think we'd have been in deep shit basically without <laughs> without making without some them. sidings well, I think I think the part of the problem was and I'm realistic enough to know that you know the borrowing we're doing means the Prince isn't putting a huge amount of money in if any to the funding and the running of the club so therefore we have to operate within our means, within our means yeah. now within our means this season is a 40 to 50 million pound hole difference between parachute money and the TV and other monies you get from being in the Premier League now that's probably me I'm probably being cautious on that thinking about you know there will be obviously wage, wage cuts from coming down and you know deductions and things but realistically sponsorship down gate money down away support to an extent down TV money down TV, TV, TV money TV was the biggie so you're 40, yeah, no 40 50 million quid that's mm. that's Ramsdale and Bergen so part of me thinks well actually realistically could we have done any more yeah but it, it needs it needs someone it needs the prince to put money in or find someone who'll support him and put him money in to run this club and to take this club and take this platform, this comes back to my point about this platform we've got of having two years in the Premier League. Mm. You, either, you either do a Sunderland or a Bolton or whatever, or you do a Watford. Or you, you, build, a, you build something, even if you build it, even if, you, even if it means being a yo yo club for yeah. a few seasons, you build, you know, you, you come down, you rebuild, you go back a bit stronger, you come down. You, I mean, if I. So just, just thinking about that, sorry to cut across no, you. No. Just thinking about that, so are we saying that we started making mistakes when we spent 25 million on Berger and 25 million on Ryan Brewster? Is that where we started going wrong? Because such as Norwich, they they're, they're, they're the archetypal yo-yo club, yeah. and that's what they want to be to build that legacy. I mean, but they're of, not spending big money like one that. One of the things that Wilder used to say in every interview, and this may speak to his frustration and why the breakdown of, of, of the relationship happened, one of the things he always used to say when they talked about transfers was, short, medium, yeah. long term. Yeah. Now at the minute, everything we do seems very, very short-term focused. Right, we've got a problem. Right, bring some players in. Get them on loan. He's thirty-five. Get them in loan. There's nothing. There's nothing behind that. There's no. It's. It's. You know that. You know the house with its foundations built on sand. There doesn't seem to be anything. Like we said, when all these loan players go back and all the aging players finish, you suddenly look at a team that's got very old together all at once, with nothing. Unless you're relying on a good. This, like we said, this crop of youngsters coming to So to, to that point, and, and I was going to raise this, to Wilder's short, medium and long-term planning, did he get his long-term planning wrong? In terms of the timing or the players that... The timing and for? the players that he mm. signed. I think he got, I mean, we've said before and I've said before, as much as I like Brewster and think he'll come good, he got that wrong. Mm. Yeah. Because at the time, Chelsea can afford to spend 25 million on a player. Even Ramsdale. Farm him out on loan for yeah. two or three seasons. And if he comes good, great. If he doesn't, it's not a problem. At that time, if we're spending 23 million on a player, he needs to come in and affect the first team instantly. Yep. You cannot be. If we'd have bought Brewster for four million quid, you could say fine. If he, you know, he can come good over two or three seasons, get him out on loan, get some games. Yeah. Our record signing has to come in. A club of our size has to come in and be and hit the ground running and be almost the best player on the team instantly. Yeah. And that wasn't, and you know, Wilder admitted that himself. He said, you know, we've not bought Brewster for now. We've seen him as one for the future. So, that, and that's what I mean by did he get his long-term planning wrong? Troy yeah. Deeney would have been a better signing for us last season. We than said that, didn't we? We yeah. said that at the time. And another thought on this is that I think last season when we were talking about the value of our players, and we were, you know, 
probably picking up the, the value on the back of the first season for Fleck, for Norwood, probably for Egan to an extent, yeah. for Boulder. A friend of mine I was commenting, who's a Bournemouth fan, I sent him a message last night saying, you've had a good window. Looking at the players, he said, yeah, he said, we brought seven players in this window. You said that to him? No, he, I said they had a good window. He yeah, said, yeah. yeah, we brought seven players in, let a few of the old guard go. He said, we've only spent four million pounds and we've sold players since relegation making over a hundred million pounds. Hmm. Now what we so, haven't done... Yeah. So who's they sold for that one of them? Ramsdale. Ramsdale. Yeah, Ramsdale. I guess if they maybe he's yeah. being uh, generous and saying that's the, the full 18 or 20. Dan yeah. Juma went for like 15 million this window. Yeah. Cam Wilson. Wilson, Cam yeah. Wilson, yeah. So they uh, plus all the bits and pieces. So they've, they've, they've raised about 100 million quid. Mm. Now, if we went down that route, I'm sure the club would get slaughtered for it, but you need, in a way, that's what you need to affect some of the change sometimes. Yeah. It's probably two or three. In hindsight, we probably should have cashed in on Berger when we had a potential chance to early on in the summer. Because as things stand, he's devalued massively. Mm. And I think that the fact he, he looks so out of sorts at this level, I think that could have given us an opportunity, could have given us the opportunity to get somebody that's more suited to playing this kind of football. Mm. Yeah. Well maybe we're riding with the plan is to sort of I hope he rides that out and his value returns. Yeah. When the window still opens young, in January, yeah, if, yeah. if he comes back, you know, I'm not saying he's kind of because he certainly doesn't look like he's throwing his toys out of the pram. He doesn't look like someone who's agitated for a move yeah. and salt. He just looks like someone who's who, who looks at who's kind of looking at getting kicked, lumps kicked out of the championship <laughs> and thinking, what the hell's going on here? But if he comes back, you know, forms a partnership with Gibbs White and 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 Hura in the middle of the park and kicks on, then suddenly teams will look at him and go, actually, he's got the. He's got, the, he's got the talent, but he's also got the application to play half a season, the championship. Changes brain and all that yeah, sort of Yeah, so, you know, hopefully his value can go up. And hopefully, you know, if he can drag us up the table, we keep up, you know, we keep hold of him and he kind of grows with us. I don't see it. I think he will possibly want to move on in January unless we are top two. Or top two, I think. Let's be honest. He's not looking positive. So, just on the players that we've signed then, so obviously, keepers are given, he's, he's going to start, he's going to be our first choice keeper. Do you know though, he's 31, he's only played 230 games in his career. Is that right? Yeah. He's probably played 40 of them for Sweden, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. 60, 60 caps I think he's got for yeah, Sweden. Yeah, so right. he's not played a lot of club football. He's, right. um, he's going to be animal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, that's, yeah, a yeah. that's a tick for me. Davis, Davis is, he's, he's made us look better down that side already, even though he's level looked particularly good. Yeah. Who's placed as... Howrahan, do we say it? Howrahan, I Howrahan, think. Howrahan, how... Yeah, there was a, a, a clip of him on Match of the Day saying everyone's been pronouncing it wrong. It's probably uh, Howrahan. We'll call him Howrahan. So yeah. I mean, we'll yeah. make you feel at home as are you with Andrew and we'll just pronounce his name <laughs> all afternoon. <laughs> just, just to make you feel, you know. So uh, we'll call him Connor. Where's, uh, who, whose place is he going to take? Well, I don't think he's got the legs to play forward. That. I think he just sits. So do you think he sits? He does the sitting in front of the back four, for me. and then you you've got Berger and Gibbs White as the two that are. Mm. Yeah. Gibbs White takes flex place. Then I'm guessing is your next question. Yep. Well, I think this is the good thing about these two new midfielders is we don't have to keep playing the same midfielders every week as yeah. we somehow scandalously ended up doing for the entirety of last season, <laughs> including one who didn't even want to be here is now at Rangers, of course. So it's nice to finally have that option. That's why I kind of said twelve months ago I would have been really happy with these these signings. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't know. I, 
Yeah, Parahone, like I say, is a good player and a good set piece taker as well. Although I don't know if everyone's expecting every corner to end up in the back <laughs> of the net now or something. They might be slightly disappointed. Um, but I, I don't know if he's like a massive improvement on Fleck, he's, but he's probably better. He can't be worse than how Fleck's played so far this season and for most of last season. So I'm just really glad to have the option there to actually be able to change something week to week. In I, the I, I think um, Ollie Norwood will keep his place. Okay. Yeah, I think Horahan will take um, Fleck's, Fleck's yes. place and you might, might see Gibbs White play further forward. Mm. I mean, the lad used to work with a Wolf season ticket holder, and he's raved about Gibbs White since he came through. Mm. You know, they're they're kind of like us. They like the ones that have come through. They like the one of their own. So you know, like Ebanks Landell was a yeah. was a firm favourite and stuff like that. And they they like a, a youth player, and he's raved about him since he came through. You know, he said he's he's outstanding. The new manager's really. T- I mean, he was he's played in the Premier League, didn't he? Came on against Man United the yeah, other day, yeah, yeah, and he, he was really talking him up. So come on, um, come on in every game. I think. Yeah. So, but the new manager's really talking him up as like this is the, this is the season he makes his sort of breakthrough to the first team. So they have got a January recall, aren't they as well? Have they? they? they, they I didn't know that. They've been out say they have got a January recall. All right. I think we've got a good one there, to be honest. And I, I guess this is why I'm not that uh, upset about as loaning players rather than signing permanences. These have been well out of our price range. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. All of these probably. Maybe maybe Ben Davies an exception. Maybe we could have. Maybe Liverpool would be trying to offload him, but I think everyone else that's come in is probably maybe Harran as well because his contract's running out. But I would imagine Gibbs White, if, if Wolves were selling him, 25, 30 million? Yeah, a hell of a lot. Yeah. I found it odd though that Liverpool didn't want to offload him, Davis. So, reading uh, an article the other day, Liverpool have seen what happened with Brewster, <laughs> upped his value going to a lower division team, scored a few goals, did really well, mugged us off to for 24 million for him. They're thinking of doing the same with David. So they're open. He comes to us, has a good season, some more pay. Exactly that. 15, 20, 10, 15 million, yeah. Damn, we really got stiff with Brewster, I'm afraid. I, I like, like you, Dan, I think he will come good and score goals for us this season, but we paid way over the odds. Yeah, At a time when we didn't need another striker, we needed to get more creative as a team. But that's a bit of a tangent, I suppose. Hopefully we are now getting more creative as a team with some yeah, field. Yeah, well, so, fingers crossed that's what we've achieved. Eh? Do, do, do you see Flake, Norwood, I'll throw Osborne in there too, lifting themselves? It, Osborne, it, that's probably the Arsenal Osborne because he hasn't played the midfield as much, but do you see them upping their game as a response of actually having some genuine threat? It, it can only improve their mm. chances of improving their game, can't yeah, it? You would, neither of them give you the impression that they are sulkers. No. That they'll come in. I, I, I won't, yeah, I won't say anything, but I'm just interested. Yeah, with you. Yeah, he's got to. I mean, Fleck, Fleck has proved people wrong all his, almost all his career at United. Mm. He, he looks like he's gone, he looks like he's finished, and then he comes back all guns blazing and looks looks yeah. like the player that, that we know he can be. Norwood, I'm not so sure. I, I, I'm not sure it's a, anything other than it's just, I think he's lost his... It might just be over for him. Yeah. 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 I think with Norwood, what, what's happened with him, obviously he was never an unknown quantity, but that first season we had, that first season we had him, he looked outstanding. And in the first bit of the Premier League, he looked outstanding. And it was almost as if teams kind of said, actually, give him, give him time, give him space, he'll tear you apart with 50, 60 odd balls. Actually get in his face, mm. and he's not, got, he's not quick enough, and he's not mm. skillful enough to actually beat a man. And that's, it almost seemed to happen overnight. Teams worked out if they close him down, yeah. not only do they, do they negate him, 
then you get odds as a size. It's like everything, isn't it? It's like that metronome. Yeah. Everything comes from me. Just tick, tick, yeah. tick, 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 tick. And unfortunately, they, they, that seemed to. And that was always going to be the case in the championship. I think people expect him to drop into the championship and be back to his old self, as if championship clubs don't do any scouting yeah. and don't, you know, don't spot weaknesses and exploit them. And I think again, that's what teams are doing. They're getting in his face, and he's just not. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know whether it's a, a relationship thing with. Uh, with Jukanovic or what, I, I suspect he'll keep his place for Peterborough. Right, okay. For that, for what you've just said, the fact that he keeps it moving. Yeah. He takes it off the defence, he makes space for them to go past him and he, he'll keep the ball moving. He, he just, like, you've just pointed it out then, Ben, it might just be his time, he might have just done, which, uh, that's how I'm it looks wrong, to me. Because but... he's one of my favourite players in this whole run. Yeah. Like, one of the best passes I've ever seen, you know, like, incredible to watch, but... Last year has been pretty rough, I know, with a, a yeah. couple of uh, a couple of rare exceptions. But even the set pieces, you know, you yeah, think even if he can't, even if he can't do it on the pitch and get around him, or at least you know, give him set pieces. That was one of the things he brought when he first came. Yeah, yeah. his set pieces were brilliant. Yeah, but, it was like a revelation, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like, oh, finally, we've got a specialist. Yeah. Every corner is a threat. Every free kick is a threat. And yeah. yeah, that's disappeared. Although it's team wide, I suppose, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it flex, is, yeah. flex the same. Osborne when he's taken them as well. I don't know. Maybe it's a, Everyone a bigger issue. Channeling their inner Stephen Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> just hit it first man with everything. So just just to sort of top this up, like finish this section off. Then I saw somebody earlier rate uh, asking to rate the transfer window out of ten. So why don't we do that just for a bit of fun, just to see what how you actually score this transfer window in terms of how it's gone as a whole. Ian, where would you where would you put it? I'm starting with you first because I don't want to finish with you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, well, because I'll copy everyone else. <laughs> um, I will go six and a half in that I think there's some good quality players. And I'm kind of like what Ben said, you know, yeah, you'd be happy with all those, but is it enough to arrest the situation we're in? And is it enough, really? It doesn't address the managers need to try and put his own way on this team. That's fair, I'd agree with that. Ben? Uh, I think I'd probably go 5 out of 10. Yeah, good players, but... I mean, look, we tried to sign two wingers right at the end. We clear, The manager clearly wanted a different type of player to what we had already and what we were able to sign. And that's got to be a bit of a negative, I think. And also the time it's taken to happen. I know there's... You know, I, I think it's naive to suggest, like, we'd have been able to get all these players like Olsen, for example, we'd have been able to get him a month ago. I, I don't think that is the case that, you know, a lot of these deals just sort of fall into place right at the end of the window. But still to, you know, essentially write off five games and all of pre-season and only now, you know, 10% of the way through the season have what hopefully is the start of Jekanovic's squad for the rest of the season. That is a bit of a downer, I think. So, yeah, good players, but... Could have been better, not too happy about the way we've put it together, I suppose. Can I just raise a quick question on those wingers, though, as well? Are we trying to attract the wrong kind of player? Well, this well sorry, I know we're not kind of no, jumping back right. in, but it's... My concern with these two is, so the lad from Barcelona, the deal falls down at the last minute. Apparently, the, the story is today because the agent changed the deal at the last minute. Mm. There's nothing the club can do about that. If they've got a deal in principle agreed and the agent sits down and says, actually, now we're here, it's another 10 grand a week, and they go, we're not being able to run to that. Yeah. That, you can't really do anything about because that could happen with any deal. The other lad, the French lad from Parma, 
that's more concerning to me because if you're signing a player, everyone knows you've got certain criteria to meet to, to get work permits, visas. If you're only realising at the last minute that for whatever reason that player doesn't meet that criteria or you've not done your paperwork in time, that's a that's a system that's a systemic failing of the club. Yeah, that's a due diligence phase. It's a due diligence phase. And I, I had this argument not an argument, this discussion with Jim Phipps today and he said, you know, things can happen at the last minute. And the example I use is if, if the company I work for, if we take an order on for a company we've not exported to before, the second the order comes in, the first thing the logistics team do is look at what the export requirements are to that country. Mm. We don't leave it until the order's made and sitting in a box in the warehouse and say, right, what paper do we need here, lads? You do your due diligence before you don't get caught on the hop. And that, to me, it, it just, it, I, think that's, I think that's as concerning as anything that's happened in the, in, in the transfer window. Well, that's, that Sorry. player must have been on the radar three months ago. Must or, well be. Or someone like that in a, yeah, yeah. in a, in a, you know, a non-British country. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm saying about we've had ages to prepare for this. We've known Yukanovich is going to be the manager from June, I think it was, July, I said July start, June, right? June was given the job, wasn't it? Presumably we had a conversation with him about, you know, this type of players he'd like to sign and perhaps what countries they're going to come from. I would really like to know what happened with the, with that signing yeah. from, uh, from Palmer. Yeah, was, is that a failing on our part? And if it is, what are we learning from it and what we're doing to make sure in January, if we want to sign someone from uh, the EU or, or further afield, have we addressed it and we're not going to hit that again? Or was it just another situation where it was something that we actually couldn't control or affect? So I'd like to know, because I, I almost feel like we deserve to know. It's, but yeah. I, well, I, I do wonder sometimes whether we're an attractive offer to people, as we like to think we are as a club, as a city. Well, it's, you know, I think Sheffield, it's, it's got Sheffield by the seaside in the city centre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people don't want to come to Sheffield. It's quite good though, to be fair. You think, for you, you, you think people don't want to yeah. I think there's a part of that, yeah. I, I do, it. honestly. As, as a proud Sheffielder, it, it pains me to say it, it's far less attractive than other places around here, isn't it? Well, no, hmm. I don't know. Are we less attractive than... Alright, I suppose we're probably less attractive than Manchester, but those two clubs speak for themselves. But are we less attractive than, than Leeds as a city? Are we less attractive than Middlesbrough? We fucking can't be less attractive than Middlesbrough, <laughs> fuck me. I mean, to be fair, if you're going back to the Janino and Emerson days, and they, how did they attract those players? I, I they, told them, they told them that Middlesbrough was just outside of London, is one, <laughs> one of the things they told them, which, if you're coming from Brazil, technically yeah. it is. True. From the moon, it is. it's quite yeah. close. I don't know. I think, I think you know, and, and again, you know, going back to Wilder and his frustrations, I think the training complex is, you know, if you look at this lad from Barcelona, he's come through at La Masia, <laughs> and then we take him to Shirecliff and he goes, all right, cheers. Nice indoor water feature yeah, yeah. ceiling. So, you know, again, and, and I know some of the players have commented about, aren't they, about the training yeah. facilities on, you know, they're better than they were, but they're still not for the type of club that we are purported to, to be and hoping to we're be. Back down to that legacy thing. Though, yeah, again, yeah, you're back down to the, the you know, the training comp all right we're not training on Warminster Road anymore but you know we're, we're 20 years further than that and do we need to start doing that to be able to attract not only not only these sorts of players but the best young players out there yeah. 
Sorry, we digress and I digress as much as we did. No, you're right. Did you give a score? In fairness, that's a, that's a, that's a point I, did, I did want to make. Did you give a score? For you? I didn't give it. I think you did either. Uh, I, I was the same as Ben. I said five. Yeah. It's, it's, it's five. I, I, I would go probably a little bit higher, but probably closer to where, where Ian said is a six and a half, I think. Good players. Overall, a reasonably good window. Something lacking. Yeah. Clearly something lacking. Something that the manager wanted lacking as well. Which, ultimately, I think that must say it's a failure. You think? I don't know. I'd be interested to see. You'll obviously never find out unless he just goes all scorched earth and says it in his next press conference. What you, Andy Kanovich would score this. Mm. Obviously, you know, Andy Giddings is not going to ask him to score the window, but... Danny, if you're listening, ask the question. <laughs> is there... Boom. Is, is there any frustration? That's a ref. Is there any frustration from him saying, you know, all right, you've got me this, this and this, but you knew from minute one you know, we've sat down, we talked about my preferred formations, I like to play it, I told you I wanted wingers, you've not got many wingers. I don't think it's the stage where, because we all said last week, semi-jokingly, if we only bring one player in, there's a chance that he walks because he's been solid up. I don't think we're at that stage, but I'm fairly sure he's not 100% happy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the fact he, he called it out the way that he did tells yeah, you that yeah. straight away. And then his next press conference which will be what midweek that'll be interesting yeah, yeah really week. interesting it needs some it needs some good questions asking and people to have the dare I say have the guts to ask some difficult questions of it because yeah. he's clearly confident in speaking out yeah to speak out so soon into his reign as he had in the last couple of weeks and to kind of throw down the gauntlet as he has he, he clearly I, I mean to be fair I think he could he almost had a free hit with that one. We need help. Everybody can see that. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. We yeah. need help. It's, I can't remember the last time I felt sorry for United manager, but I think if we'd not signed anyone yesterday, I would have felt really, really sorry for you, Kanovic. Yeah. Just like, you I know, think we know what he's spoken I, do, what I he's think he'd have walked. I do, honestly. He doesn't need it, does he? No. The thing is, he could have walked away with his reputation intact. Yeah, yeah. One of those where he kind of comes in, leaves after five minutes, and then says, Club's an absolute basket case, but I'll tell you what, I'm bloody glad he didn't. Because <laughs> that would leave us in a shit state, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. What would we be back to? What's uh, Wilder up to these days? What's, what's well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> if we're going to keep playing uh, Wilder Ball. keep out getting playing Wilder Ball. Well, just, just again, going off on a slight tangent, again, as part of the, the conversation I had with Jim Phipps today, Jim dropped something in, with, and whether he meant to do it or not, I had spoke to him about work permits, and he said, well, yeah, we obviously, we, we, you know, we, we, um, we suffered from that, however he worded it with the, the blessing appointment. Mm. Yeah. So that Yukanovic wasn't first does that choice. Tell, does that tell you that blessing was first choice and we couldn't get him because of work permit regulations and Yukanovic was second choice. Yeah. Now again whether he's whether he meant to say that, but that to me would if they'd gone down to the point where they were looking at whether someone could get a work permit, that would tell me that blessing was the first choice. And I think his preferred formation from everything I read was this three five two wild ball mm. Variation that comes back to awful or due plan. diligence, yeah. due diligence, a plan, a structure. I hope we're big enough to, like I said, coming back to that thing with the uh, the work permit situation with the the Palmer player. Like, I hope we're big enough to own up to that if that is the case. And just, I mean, you can spin these things as a positive in terms of like, look, this is what we did wrong. We we you know our yeah. first kind of forays into this market. 
this is what we're going to learn from it. We're not going to, this isn't going to happen again, basically. Yeah. We're going to have sort this out next time. There's chance the club will come out and have it. No, I don't think there is either, but... But Ben's right, I mean, we didn't sign anyone in January, so it's our first post-Brexit transfer window. So everyone's already saying we're, you know, we haven't got a bloody clue with signing players from overseas, I don't know, there's an opportunity there, if that is indeed what happened, to, like I say, spin it as a bit of a positive of like, we're going to have this sort of next time, like we've hit these stumbling blocks. Yeah, exactly. I get why you'd say that, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did find, did you pick up on the tweet that came out at 11, at 10.59? The fax machine tweet. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What was that? The, the tweet that came out just as the deadline closed, just as the, the deal closed, they did a, just a blank screen. With a fax machine noise in the Oh, I didn't have the noise. No, the old dial up fax machine. Yeah, that's good. The uh, Blade social media team is uh, is back in business. Yeah. So, what we want to see in January then is that final, and then, you know, some some like reference to LA law or something like that. And there's <laughs> loads, of, loads of people like, running around with contracts and stuff like that. Well, or a Spanish flag Spanish with Spanish transfer yeah. <laughs> system crashed or something. Because yeah. like, that was the rumours yeah. why Colado hadn't gone through, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it did affect a transfer, like a Chelsea player or something. Yeah, but they, uh, managed, they managed to get him through 20 minutes after or something. Oh, that, they, they bought yeah. um, Saul from... Yeah, yeah. Saul. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think we've talked uh, the transfer window today. <laughs> I think we pretty much have, haven't we? <laughs> so I'm going to call this part ended. See you in a bit. Okay, welcome back everyone to part three. Um, obviously we've pulled the bones out of the club in general and the transfer window ins and outs and, and our general feelings on that. Um, we're now gonna do what we've not done for a while and then we're gonna have a, a Hall of Fame. Uh, we have four entries for the Hall of Fame. Uh, Ben's first Ben's first entry into a, a four blades in the pub Hall of Fame. So, um, Ben, do you wanna go first? Yeah, I can go first, sure. Yeah. yeah, so I'm... Uh... I get. I don't know if this is cheating a little bit, but I, I'm going to get a bit uh, capital R romantic with this one. We've obviously not been able to go to Bramall Lane for a, a very long time, so I, I want to put forward the everything that happens between going through the turnstiles and entering the gangway or the the tunnel, whatever it is, into your bit of Bramall Lane, and what that means to us as fans, I suppose. Even though it's all you're doing is going through a turnstile and maybe you're buying a beer or you're just walking up the stairs or going to the toilet but it's that feeling of anticipation of like i'm in the ground my ticket worked i'm in before kickoff <laughs> i don't have to run up these stairs and i've not missed uh, anything important you won't miss anything important. <laughs> <laughs> no there is that but uh yeah i mean i was i was just so excited to be back at the lane for that birmingham game admittedly i'd had quite a long time in the pub beforehand and as much of a bad start as we've had this season I think I just walked in the dog this morning I was like oh, I can't wait for Saturday week that that next game and just yeah that feeling when you get through the turnstile and uh, the, the whole afternoon or evening is just full of possibilities what could happen it doesn't matter we've only scored one goal in five games <laughs> this could be the one this could be one more afternoon or whatever that just uh lodges itself in your in your memory forever as a United fan so uh yeah it's that that sort of that feeling of anticipation as you're, you're walking up the steps I, I love that 
I'm you, love, you love that, and I'm going to say something now. When I go with something like that, it's not capital R for romantic, it's capital R for route one. I guess <laughs> no one gets accused of route one, not you. That's always it's been me. that long, I feel like I'm in it. <laughs> I'm going to extend it a bit, though. I, I think that's brilliant as, a, yeah, as an entry. But I'm going to extend it from getting to the pub and having that first pint and sit down and chat with my mates. And then the walk to the ground. The whole thing. Mm. The whole bit of... The and then the game us. kicks off and it all goes south. <laughs> yeah, the walk for, you know, the walk for us from the sheaf, under Skelly's Bridge, right. across the road, rag on a stick, <laughs> into the same turnstile. Me and Phil always have a piss inside of each other at the same urinal. <laughs> then we come out. Not weird in the slightest. Everyone yeah. moans that they can't get served. You get a beer now, fuck it, I'm going up, I can't be asked to wait. So you have a walk up. That's why Phil has a trainer cleaning business. <laughs> <laughs> you have a quick chat before you go down. I walk down, I have a hug with PJ because he sits just down below me. You know, yeah, you're right, it's that whole that even that even whole for thing. me, so as I've run I go up the steps, so we sit at the back of the cop. Me and Josh, my oldest, who's twenty one now, have had this thing from him first coming to Bramall Lane with me. We race up the steps <laughs> and both of us take as long as we can to actually make it out as if we're gonna race. But we've done it since he was about seven years old. Is it like cycling? You know what they yeah, the like like Olympics where they both kind of kind of creep round for two laps and then Only it's even now we get to the top step and we're looking at each other who's gonna go first. And there must be so many things like that that people have not been able to do for so long and yeah, I, think I hope everyone's sort of slotting back into absolutely. normality. For me, it was that walking back along the aisle and seeing people I've not mm, seen. And yeah. I, I don't know all the names. No. I've sat there with them for 20 years, yeah. 30 years in some cases. And you don't know the names, but you'll always say hello, always ask how they are, maybe a comment or a quick exchange on the match. I got to know one guy because he introduced himself properly in Sage Music Crystal Peaks once. <laughs> I'm Shane, nice to meet you. Brilliant guy. Didn't know his name until that point, and I've been chatting for 15 years. It's, it's yeah. all that, isn't it? What I knew that I'd get a bit emotional with the greasy chibble when it started. I knew that I'd set me off. But the thing that started me before that, Johnny Toyne, friend of the pod, Giddy Blade on Twitter, sits just behind me. And we always have a chat before the games. We have a bit of banter. We always have that from me being quite young. I was looking around for him all the way th- sort of through the build-up, five, ten minutes before the game, couldn't see him, couldn't see him. Just before kickoff, I could see him sort of saying hello to everybody walking through, and we made eye contact. We made eye contact, and he started crying. <laughs> Phil's here as well, and it was just—it was mental that that started me off, and it was just really weird how you have that connection with yeah. people you don't really yeah. know that well. Honestly, that's one of the best Hall of Fame entries. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, came up with it on the spot as well, pretty much. Tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Can I come back again? <laughs> <laughs> Ian. Uh, I'm it's a tough act to follow, isn't it, Jules? I might go home. To be honest, I'm going down a romantic line with one for myself, really, thinking about it. I'm going to nominate Keith Woff. Oh, God. Wow, okay. Fourth Division promotion keeper, um, a Macken. Yeah. Um, was a mainstay of that side for a good three, three, four years, I think. Um, but my memories is uh, going back, United Open days in those eras. Players properly got involved. They weren't just sat behind the table signing autographs in a club shop. No, Keith Woff was facing fans taking penalties <laughs> at the side of the pitch at the Bramall Lane end. And I scored. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing finer than it for a seven, eight-year-old. I can't remember if it was that season or the season after, but for a seven, eight-year-old lad, I've got a picture of perfect right side foot. Yeah, he was on his knees, but I forget that. <laughs> I don't matter, does it? Don't matter. 
I scored, and I remember going home feeling on top of the world. And for that, I'm just going romantic as well because that's a nice memory. Did you uh, did you do a celebration? I, I don't remember. I just I just remember just having that a smile. That is to just to run away with the finger up like you did, but surely. Yeah. I honestly don't remember. I just remember, like I said, but a photo. I came across the photo. I don't know whether it had been scanned or mum and dad's of me taking the penalty. Um, but I just remember scoring and then watching, watching for a while to see how many other people scored and they weren't. <laughs> 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 that's brilliant. So that's, that's, it's a little thing and it's, it's just something that sprung to mind while we're sat here thinking, yeah. Nice. Just, just on a, a ex-players and things like that, it, it's been a while since we've podded, but I think we should probably just mention Len Badger as well as oh. someone for a Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not quite talking about sort of a straight pass into the Hall of Fame, but a blade that I've met loads of times around these parts, having a drink and things like that, was one of the most approachable people you could ever wish to meet. And someone who my dad always tells me is one of the best players he's ever seen. Yeah, my dad's the same. I met Len a few times, just like I say, on, in hospitality or when we were down there together. But he remembered you. Yeah, yeah he, he did. remembered you, even if he just met you that once. The next time I saw him, he was like, he remembered me. And I, my biggest regret is he gave me his number and I was going to interview him when I blogged, and I never did. Really? And I wish I'd took the time to do it. Yeah. But in the, in the world and life and everything else, didn't find the time to do it. But like I say, he, he knew you, he remembered you, he talked to you as if he'd be honest. Yeah. Brutally honest about mm. what he was watching as well. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he had me in the chantry once talking to me for ages under the Nigel Atkins era. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Ranting for ages about it. <laughs> uh, but that, that wasn't my Hall of Fame as much well, as I thought. Can, can I just yours. say, I'm happy to put Len as a straight pass into guys. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, he, he deserves, a, yeah, deserves a straight pass in. Fair enough. Okay. I think that's something we should probably put out on the on the feed later on. Yep. My, I'm, I'm going down the kind of doughy-eyed and looking back thing a little bit like you two are as well, but a lot more recent. It's a song we're not going to sing anymore, mm. a John Egan song. There's a few songs we're not going to sing anymore. And yeah. that at the time embodied everything about the club. It talked about the players, it talked about the manager, the journey we were going on and everything. And that's probably never going to get sung at Bramall Lane again, and that's really sad because mm. it embodied yeah. such an important part of our time mm. and the journey we were on. Just a bit. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it, it, it was already dated when it was Duffy leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, two years ago. But yeah, it's. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think that ever gets sung again, does it? Unless it's sort of semi ironically or yeah. things are going absolutely terrible. It'll get, the it'll get sung if we have. If there's like a ten year. Yeah. A yeah. ten year reunion or a twenty year reunion. That's when it'll get sung because then they'll, they'll come back as. Because I remember going to the Bassett reunion and thinking, you know, the 1990 reunion. That was fantastic. But will you get this generation of players getting together like that? I think thing? you might, because they, they, they were close. They seemed like a really tight... Yeah. They were the closest, closest we've had to that, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah, that's mm. as close as we've had. But yeah, you, you, you just have that to have Coops back behind the bar one night. <laughs> yeah, jump later onto Corona. And, uh, we, I was lucky enough to be part of that day as well, so I was in the hotel for that day and all yes. the celebrations and everything. And that's what, I think that's a once-in-a-lifetime experience yeah. to be celebrating with the players yeah. like that. But then to see what they went on to do that night, and obviously Egan had been, he'd let Baldock into the secret of, of the song and all that sort of stuff and the story behind it, just tremendous. And then getting the chance to sing it first season, first day back in the Premier League, and just a good reminder of great times that, that sadly no more for everything we've talked about in the last hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually perfectly segues into my nomination 
which is the which is an era, and it's the Chris Wilder era. It's very very general, but you know obviously you have eras. You had the Bassett era, you had the Warnock era, the Chris Wilder era. As much as it finished a little bit acrimoniously and, and, and a bit ignominiously, and some of the players are now on the slide and are starting to grumble about some of the players. It's still quite raw. I think what, what we should do is, obviously this is my nomination, but I think when the dust settled in four or five years down the line, we'll look back on, a, on this time as, as an amazing, like a, a once in a generation time, you know. The first promotion, the second promotion, beating Wednesday, signing the sort of players we have, sharp scoring against Bournemouth, the Man United game, Wilder's interviews, Wilder, you know, diving when, uh, on the floor and flex scores score. against Coventry. Just all the things that have that have kind of made that era so, so special. So many memories. Yeah, and so like I say, memories. at the minute it's probably a little bit too raw to, to actually appreciate it and we're still, unfortunately, we're going through, you know, like a messy divorce with some of the players. But I think when, when we actually take a step back in a few years' time, I think this era will be talked about in the same way that... In, same, in certainly the same way that I think about the Bassett era, which I is the, so. the greatest era. I, I still, for me, the Bassett era still just slightly trumps the Wilder era, and I think that's because of the age I was at the time. Mm. I would agree I was, with that. You know, I was a teenager, it was, it was amazing. But, yeah, it's, it's been a fantastic... It, we're we're going to have to go something to beat what we... I mean, ninth in the Premier League. To ever, that might yeah. be it for us. I think so, yeah. Could well be. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm not... I know we've, we've probably said a few sort of negative things while we were talking about the current situation, I guess, but I'm not too down on it all because there's a sense for me of like, I might have just completed United. Like, it might yeah. never get that good again. So, yeah. you know, why worry and to an extent, you know, just sort of see what happens. I think I'd be much more down if, you know, we'd... We just continued 20 years of crap, really, without those four or five years of absolutely amazingness. I mean, yeah, just when you're naming some of their memories there, Dan, I mean, yeah, there's things there I've kind of just forgotten because there were so many yeah, great yeah, moments yeah. among it all. You could go on all night, couldn't yeah. you? Wilder's interviewing, wearing the uh, Lord Mayor's, Mayor's James. James, someone kicking Martin Craney on the steps. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that, did you? No, I did, yeah. Kieran Freeman stuff, and they had to change health and safety rates in the town of the ever since. All of it is just brilliant. Which came up on my Facebook memories yesterday. Pictures, you were down there as well, Chelsea away. Yeah, two years ago. It was a draw. But actually, it was part of that journey. It was like, hang on, we're here to compete. Yeah. Yeah. And just like I say, it's, and again, for me, that the last minute sort of equalises one thing. But it's the picture in the pub. It's Matt Casbolt, where we've all got a pint and and Casbolt's holding up a bottle of ketchup. But <laughs> <laughs> we've all got a pint. Little things, little things, yeah, as well as the big things. things. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm gonna. That's gonna win. Putting the wild around the boat. That's gonna win. It is. That it will. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm not saying this just to make Ben feel welcome. I think that we should put two automatic entries in. The conversation that we had around that feeling and the journey of, of everything that you do before a game, I don't think you could explain that in a tweet, but I think it's brilliant. I, I think so I'll tell you what, let's not put it to a vote. Why don't you put you three put yours in? I'll put mine to a vote. Mine will win. Win. Win at these. No, to be honest, I think, I mean, like I said, mine was a bit personal because I'm thinking about it on the spot because we've obviously changed this last section last minute, but 
I think I think each of those three uh, just spot on and badge as well throw throw Len in there. No, I can't can't not have your vote in. That's your vote. Let's, not let's, let's put badge. Let's put badge through. Let's no, 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 no. Yeah, let's, let's do that. And put no, no, no. I'm, 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 to be honest, I'm happy not to go to a vote. I just wanted to share something that made me smile, and then I need to smile at the minute watching. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, everybody kidding. wins. We all need a win. You're not so kidding. you're not fans at the minute. It's been nice to look back at some of the stuff that's been really good, isn't it? In, in the current climate. Indeed. Yeah, I think that last bit was uh, was a lot more upbeat than the <laughs> first two sections. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> It's, it's not to uh, extend this podcast too long, but it is it is a strange situation. I, I feel like I don't know. I feel like it's easy to sort of be one or quite binary about uh, the current situation with United and the transfer window. Whereas I think most of what we said here is like it was okay. It could have been better. It could have been worse. And yeah, it's, it's it's a funny thing to talk about in that respect, isn't it? And it's, yeah. You know, so I think it's sort of come. A, I don't know. Maybe we. Maybe it feels like a bit of a downer to discuss, but I do think there is some good stuff that's happened yesterday and in the last six weeks. And it's hard to see how we can play much worse than we have been doing. Like you, you know, you've got to figure this is. Like surely they can't all be keep playing badly for much longer. Yeah, we're in a division we, lower we now. We said we were kids, and me and Phil reached the point where we, we, we went and ran a half marathon in 70 odd degree heat in Leeds rather than watching the last match of the Akins. Yeah, yeah but we missed a treat. <laughs> we missed Macca giving it that. Yeah, we missed yeah, Paul yeah. McDonald two fingers up to the lap of honour for a Oh, is that him? Is that him? Yeah. He's That's, the actual the man. The, yeah, the man. there wow. is little stubby fingers that you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Even your Macca. Paul McDonald. <laughs> Well, I was trying to end it on a positive note for you guys, but no. I guess the two fingers is also quite appropriate. Well, uh, let, let's leave it on that it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> In fairness, that should be... Like Everton have got conciliate animus on their badge. We should just have Sheffield United. It could be worse. Whatever, whatever it could be worse in Latin is. We should have that as That's, that's the name of the pod. I'm, yeah. I'm now going to look for the Latin for it could be worse. Very good. That's brilliant. So I think it's been brilliant having you on, Ben. Thank you for that. No, thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a platform to uh, spout nonsense about United this week. Appreciate uh, it. I mean, you're in the right place for spouting nonsense. <laughs> in uh, I think there's only one way to end, isn't there? Yep. Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades. Up the blades.